Welcome to a very special episode of Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. Since there's not a new episode this week or next, we're going back in time to 1990. This is a time when Miss Grundy was only like six years old. We're gonna we're <laughs> we're talking about a TV movie that aired on May 6th, 1990, on NBC called oh. To Riverdale and Back Again. Archie, Betty, Veronica, Jughead are older. Uh, they're doing their, I think it's their 15-year high school reunion. That's correct. And uh, it's supposed to be this, like, dark, sexy version of Archie, but, um, yeah, no. Wait, can I, before we jump in, can I just point out that, like, high schools don't have 15-year reunions? No. This feels like that episode of Psych where they forgot to do a 10-year reunion, and so then they just did a 15-year as a joke. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sorry for interrupting you, Craig. Carry on. No, no. Um, we almost did a 15-year 15, 15 with my class, but then we got lazy and decided to wait for 20 because I'm old. But yeah, well, just like putting it into some kind of perspective, how old were you guys in 1990 when this aired? I was 10. I what? When did it air in 1990? May 6th. May 6th. I was 8 years old. But I'm Chris. I was eight years old, and I did not watch this. Huh. I was, let's see, 1990. I was 12, and I don't remember watching the movie, but I bought the Archie Comics adaptation, which had the hefty 250 cover. Uh, John Byrne did the cover art. Uh, wait, 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 wait. They adapted this piece of shit into a comic book? They did, and it was, um, the comic book version was apparently done before the roles had been cast, because, like, certain characters like Ethel, like, do have dark hair like they're supposed to. Jughead Jr. does look more like Jughead. Uh, John Byrne drew the cover of the To Riverdale and Back Again adaptation. Uh, the interiors were drawn by Gene Colan, who's, uh big comic book legend who did a lot of like daredevil uh doctor strange uh, most... oh excuse me i said didn't he co-create blade i know he did a lot he, of horror he co-created blade and uh, had a long run on the tomb of dracula with marv wolfman and the flashback sequences were drawn by stan goldenberg who was a major you know archie comics artist for several decades uh it the adaptation is slightly different. Obviously, it's not as sexual as the movie was. Um, those of you who are used to listening to us praising Riverdale might be surprised because you're going to hear us not being too happy this time. So, uh, why don't we introduce ourselves? Oh, uh, I'm, well, I'm Russ Burlingame. I'm from ComicBook.com and the Emerald City Video Podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Hayner. I'm from uh, Screener at ScreenerTV.com. And guy who yells about things on the internet <laughs> and i'm craig byrne from ksitv.com i also have the twitter handle at riverdale tv where you know all of you archie digest listeners should just like tweet random riverdale stuff at us because we enjoy that um, true. we've been interacting with a lot of re uh, listeners this week yeah it's it's fun um some people are getting on the sheriff killer bandwagon which makes me happy um, I hate it. I hate it, and I hate you guys for making that a thing. <laughs> well, talking about making things, you know, it, this show isn't free. I do pay hosting fees and, and other things. So we had been talking for a while about me putting together, like, a Patreon or doing some kind of something. There's a couple of things that I've made available that I just wanted to call 
uh, the attention of our listeners to. If you go to paypal.me slash emeraldcityvideo, you can donate whatever from, you know, a penny up to whatever. Uh, Anybody who donates 10 bucks or more gets a framed 8x10 photograph that I took of Pop's Diner. The other thing that we've done is on Redbubble, if you go to redbubble.com slash people slash Archie Digest, we've set up an account. So far, there is only one pattern that we're selling. Uh, We are selling coffee mugs, stickers, and other things with the hashtag Sheriff Killer design. And now Chris is going to lose his shit. I quit the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have some other ideas for, uh, like, shirt designs and that sort of thing. Um, You know, Jason used to wear a shirt. That's true. You know, so Uh, we'll see what happens. One of the things that's a little bit tough with something like this is for the people like we have spoken to a handful of people who listen to us who are really enjoying the show and that like that's super, super gratifying for us. But also we're kinda like, oh well maybe if one of these people wants to buy a t shirt, that pays for a month of hosting. The I would I would I would buy an Archie as a fuckboy t shirt. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will try to put that together. I got a week off from my day job starting tomorrow, so I'll try to put that together for you. There needs to be a Reggie as a fuckboy variant though. That's true. Yeah. Um but the thing that I, the the thing that obviously is a little difficult is uh, just like putting this out there so that nobody says, "Hey, hey, why don't you just have one with with like a logo?" It's because basically every element of this podcast is owned by Archie. You know, we can't have Archie Digest a Riverdale podcast on a T-shirt because Archie owns Archie Digest and the CW owns Riverdale and, and Archie Comics owns Riverdale. Yeah, exactly. And, and Apple <laughs> owns Podcast. Well, that that's probably true. But, but, I mean, the bottom line is, if you go on Redbubble, there are lots and lots of people selling bootleg Riverdale t-shirts, and, you know, some of them are kind of neat, so God bless them, but that's not us. We are, like, professional reporters who cover this stuff for a living. We know the people who should be financially benefiting from this stuff, and so it's not exactly in our wheelhouse to uh, to just kind of be like, oh, that'd be a really cool t-shirt, let's do it, because uh, if we don't own it, we're not going to do that. Though if there's anybody from Riverdale who's listening who wants to buy a Sheriff Killer t-shirt for Martin Cummins, that would be kind of amazing. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> well, uh, do, you have, do you have a better suggestion, Chris? Archie is a fuckboy. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I, honestly, I, I got nothing. I just hate that Sheriff Killer has become the in vogue thing to do. Well, if Archie is a fuckboy, then Archie in this uh, To Riverdale and Back Again movie, is he like a fuck man? Because he's kind of ridiculous, too. Don't, don't be gross. Don't no, be I didn't, no, I didn't mean it. Gr- <laughs> no, never mind. No, but no, no, yeah. If we're looking at this, this To Riverdale and Back Again First of all, if you haven't seen it, I don't know that I can recommend that you do see it because it's terrible. Unless you drink it's, a lot first. Yeah, like listen, if okay. you if you want to get wasted or high or something and then watch this awful, awful movie, go nuts. But <laughs> it's 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 so weird and misogynistic and gross and Archie is so disgusting and Betty and Veronica are falling all over themselves to be with him and and Young there's a lot of adultery. There. It's just there's like so much adultery. Yeah, and... I will say the one, the one place, the one, the one thing this this TV movie has the one up on over Riverdale is Hiram Lodge is in it. This is true. Although, Although Hiram Lodge is also, I'm oh, sorry to interrupt, but Hiram Lodge is also involved in tearing down Riverdale landmarks, just like he is on the new show. So there and we in go. the comics. 
During the yeah. Mark Wade run, it was the same thing. He tried to tear down Pops. That damn Hiram Lodge. And Hiram Lodge in this is played by Governor Gatling from Benson, who I think he just passed away a year or two ago at like age 95 or something like that. The more you know. But uh, one thing I did find really interesting as soon as this thing launched was that the town of Riverdale is clearly the Warner Brothers backlot, which they also used for Hazard County. Uh, it was Smallville on Lois and Clark, and it was Stars Hollow on Gilmore Girls, to the point that I'm not convinced, like, or I think it's possible that Pop's Diner might have been Luke's Diner on Gilmore Girls, but I could be wrong. Wait, was it really the Warner backlot? It was totally the Warner backlot, the gazebo and everything. And um, I think Riverdale High School was like Boss Hogs wow. Town Hall. From well, and I mean, yeah. you could see the uh, God the building, and I'm terrible at describing these things, but the one that's like on a corner that goes kind of almost yes. triangular. Um, yes, that you've seen that in a million things, including uh, yeah, yeah, including Lois and Clark and and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And uh, there was also a Lois and Clark connection in that Mr. Weatherby was played by David Doyle, who married Lois and Clark in the episode, Swear to God, This Time We're Not Kidding. So <laughs> it all comes together. And um, Mark Snow... Does it? Does it, though? Yeah, no, but Mark Snow did the music for this, which kind of surprised me because the music was kind of bland, and usually he's known for doing a good job. Yeah, that was my very first note, actually, was... Yeah. Mark Snow of the X-Files fame. Uh, he also did a show that was on the WB and then the CW about a young Superman. I forgot the name of it. What is it, Chris? Superboy, The Adventures of Clark Kent. There you go. <laughs> so, right? yeah. Well, you, were just, you asked for that one, Kraken. I kind of did. I just, you know. You know it's we, like when, let's, okay, let's be clear, because it'll, it'll, it'll bother if we don't mention it correctly, Craig was speaking about a television program called Smavile that aired on the Warner Brothers and then the CW Network for a very long time. It starred uh, a young Thomas Wellington as <laughs> Clark Kent and uh, Allison... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, it was Alex Mack uh, <laughs> from that TV show The Secret World of Alex Mack as his friend... Lois Lane. Sure. Felicity <laughs> Oh God, no! <laughs> this is taking a dark turn, and people are people are going to start like turning it off right about now. So, yeah, I mean, we won't talk about Smallville anymore. I promise. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about like things that are really bland, like you know, like Betty's boyfriend when we first meet him. You know, he was very bland. Okay, here's so he, so this is how bland and unimportant. It's how bad this movie is at drawing characters. I have no recollection of his name, and I literally stopped watching the movie before, right as you guys hit record. Was it Bob? <laughs> Robert, also known as Bob, I there think. Maybe? Yes, I think you're I right. Think, I think yeah, Archie's was... fiance was Pam. Yes, or... she was. And really? I wanted to say actually something about Archie's fiance uh, that stuck out at me, and I'd be curious to see if either of you guys either noticed this or if you saw if Craig maybe it's in the comic. I think, based on context, that her last name is Gibson, as in Jennifer Gibson. Ooh. Because they, she referenced something about, well, all of Gibson's law, law graduates or, or 
grad school lawyers, blah, 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 blah. Something, oh, the, the suspenders thing. Well, yeah, and, because um, the, the firm that Archie uh, was joining Gibson, was Gibson oh, something and something. It's Gibson right? and Cratchit Law, according to the comic book. Oh, my yes, God, so and, they also worked in A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's pretty <laughs> – but but I was I was assuming because she used Gibson twice in dialogue and, uh, and never – like she didn't say Cratchit except for when she said the full name of the law firm that probably she was Gibson. Because for whatever reason, I got the impression that Ar- that she was part of the family that Archie was essentially becoming her dad's, you know, underling. That would be really amazing and clever, and I think somebody needs to ask Roberto about that in an interview. Or maybe not. You got this, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> One question that I had watching, how did Jughead father a child if he's asexual? Well, you know, uh, he's mostly just scared of women. Although yeah, he... this, this this version of Jughead wasn't asexual in as much as he was just terrified of being around women yeah. until he met Ethel Muggs. Yeah. So that's another thing that really pissed me off about this. They just constantly refer to her as Big Ethel and she breaks mirrors and all these horrible things about a woman they don't show. And then her redemption at the end is that, oh, she's a model? Fuck you. And none of them strong. knew that? Right. Also, yeah, it's well, not a big Seems to be, oh, I guess that's not true. Archie had been in town the whole time. I guess my headcanon could be that Archie was just screwing with Jughead and letting him think that he was. Uh. Although there could be some Jughead foreshadowing in that when Jughead was playing cards, he had all aces. Just there you go. Just that out there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, it's an asexual reference. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which I did not know until very recently when, when all the, the asexual people were talking about Jughead in the comments thread under the, that video that I was mentioning last week, um, Ace kept coming up, and it's like, oh, you see it in context, and you, you figure it out pretty quickly. So, again, I th- I have this down in my notes, but it was interesting that they build this as such a like a sexy and beyond the comics take on Archie, when it's oh. kind of tame compared to Riverdale. It's just gross, but it's kind of tame. Wouldn't you oh, agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's tame from a graphic standpoint. But it's so ridiculously, I like politically incorrect. Doesn't seem to be the right way to to describe it. It's by modern standards would be so incredibly offensive. They could they couldn't air this on TV in 2017. Well, it's like actually even Ethel. It's like Betty, Veronica, and Ethel. Any of them don't seem to do anything but try to get a man or to impress a man. Yeah, they're there yeah. to look pretty. Yeah. It's like, you know, the immediate thing is, Archie, who are you going to choose? And then Archie's an idiot, but that's always Archie. But um, And also, the other thing that was kind of weird watching this was the flashbacks to when they were in high school, I guess. But, yeah. like, Jughead, <laughs> Jughead didn't have his cap. And these, if they graduated... 15 years earlier, that would have been like 1975, but it looked like 1988. It just was weird. Well, beyond that, like, the only thing that since they didn't didn't bother casting like, younger versions of the characters, it was just Betty and Veronica had longer hair and uh, Jughead's hairline hadn't receded as far. Yeah. (laughs) But they... He didn't at least have the cap. That was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I I was wondering that as I was watching. I kept I kept waiting for them to like make references to the crown or for it to show up at some point. 
or maybe it was part of his formal attire, but no, it, was, well, it just wasn't anywhere. There was a crown on the sign for Pops, and I, I had gotten to the point where I was just like, I'll take it. Speaking of Pops. They kept calling him Pops. They, they, <laughs> yes! <laughs> it was driving me crazy because they kept calling it Pop Tates. Oh, you know, we're trying to save Pop Tates. Pop Tates, Pop Tate this, Pop Tate that. Right, Pops? And I'm like, I don't understand what any of you are doing. <laughs> I don't think That's they understood what they were doing. No. 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 I think one of the things that really, if we're going to talk about this in the context of, of Riverdale, other than you know, talking about the kind of the, the dark, sexy version that we already, you already alluded to, the end game for this movie was to finally get a 35-year-old Veronica to the starting point of where she is in Riverdale. Although, like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just, just that was like the big, like rah rah. This is a great, like, character moment for her. Was literally just like trying to become a decent person and to shrug off her dad's money in a way. I did love um, the bit where she said something about, "Yeah, I'd sooner work in a diner," which made me think of Hermione. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, but what was weird beyond that is like, yes, they drew that distinction of where. She got away from her father's money. But the show, the movie, opened with the great who's Archie going to choose, Betty or Veronica, and then it ended with both of them giving up their dreams to stay in town and ask him, who are you going to choose, Betty and Veronica? Yeah. And he didn't choose. Yep. Ex- like, pretty what? much. I mean, and obviously part of that is a function of the fact that this was presumably like either a pilot or a backdoor pilot, and they were hoping that there would be a TV show, and in that case, oh, God. and Veronica. I can't but imagine this is a weekly show. Well, well think... but to be fair, that's that's how... the uh, I mentioned this when I was talking to you guys off air. That's how the new Leave it to Beaver happened, with a, a movie that picked up later, and they thought, well, maybe we can turn this into a TV Still show. Still the Beaver. And they did, and it ran for, it ran for five seasons. So... It's not insane to me that they thought this could lead to a show, but I am so glad it didn't. Oh, yes. This is, like, honest to God, when we were talking about the pilot, we talked about the idea that Riverdale had potential to be amazing, but at the outset, we also thought it had potential to be just garbage. Yeah. And basically, this movie is exactly (laughs) the worst-case scenario of what we were all kind of worried about for Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, random trivia. I'm looking at IMDb for uh, this. The kid who played Jughead Jr., who was very annoying, uh, actually oh, is now a producer for a bunch of the 30 for 30 documentaries. Hmm. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he decided not to act, which is probably a smart move because, yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that, like... Uh, speaking of random trivia, we, we talked about this beforehand a little bit. That uh, um, the guy's last name is Rich, but I can't remember Archie. Christopher um, Rich. Yeah, Christopher Rich, who plays Archie Andrews here. You mean from the television uh, series Reba? Yes. Well, yeah, he was in Reba, but he was also he played a. You know, this is this weird thing that you find when you're like going back through people's filmography. I saw like, oh, he was on like a ton of episodes. It looks like he was a series regular at one point on Melissa and Joey with uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch star, Melissa Joan Hart. And so I was like, oh, I should mention that, because it's a Riverdale connection. And then I noticed he was actually on a random episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So apparently, 
uh, in spite of the fact that this uh, movie is an abomination that never went anywhere, he did make it to a show that at least had some ratings in the Archie universe. I am willing to bet he had zero idea that Sabrina was in the Archie <laughs> Oh, I, I would imagine that, too. And uh, also random trivia, I just found Sam Whipple, who played Jughead, died like 15 years ago. Yeah, he had cancer when he was Ooh, in that's terrible. Why, why are you trying to bring us down, Craig? <laughs> For something um, more interesting than the movie was? Oh, well, I mean, here's here's a thing that I wanted to... Uh, you, you mentioned the idea that they don't, like... Well, I'd be willing to bet he didn't know that Sabrina was in Riverdale. Uh, there was at least one other thing that uh, that struck me, like, really just stuck out to me as like, oh, yeah, really? Which was that apparently the people who worked on this show didn't realize that Josie and the Pussycats were from Riverdale because they <laughs> refer to the Archies as the greatest band in Riverdale High history. Yeah. Um... I really wish Josie and the Pussycats would have shown up somehow. Uh, they w- but then they would have made Josie and the Pussycats suck, and that would have been sad. Um, here's some more ha- happy trivia. The guy who played Pop Tate, a.k.a. Pops, is still alive, and he is 94 years old. Wow, Pop Tate outlived Jughead. Because <laughs> of all them burgers, probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you guys a question about yeah. this thing. Um, am I misremembering this, or was there was it only white people? There was one black person. I think it was Coach Clayton. I, yeah, I was gonna say. I think it might have been Coach Clayton. Okay. We didn't because they mentioned Chris or they mentioned Coach Clayton during the um, the go kart thing, and we didn't see. But him he, there was a Coach Clayton then, in the credits. Randomly. Well, not only was there a Coach Clayton in the credits, but also randomly. Like, as they were all making their way down to where Pop was having his, like, standoff with the bulldozers, um, some black guy <laughs> ran past Reggie and was just like, you're a terrible sportsman. Right. And I assume from that that that's supposed to be the coach, because I don't know God. why that would be the insult you put you pick if that wasn't the coach. Okay, and speaking of Chuck Clayton, uh-huh. did anybody else cringe when um, Ethel made a reference to her jacuzzi? <laughs> yeah, well done. No, I didn't even Yeah, I was like, oh, Ethel in a jacuzzi. Huh? <laughs> Get a sticky maple. She's getting Jughead back for avoiding her all That week. might have been more interesting. It, well, that absolutely would have been more interesting, but probably in the way that they handled uh, her character in this, this, it would have been just a terrible, terrible way. Of and I did like how they set up uh, the possibility of uh, Betty becoming a writer at the end of the movie. So maybe that's something they will say yeah. positive about it. Yeah, except, except they set her up as like, I can write sexy romance novels and be a grade school teacher at the same time. Yeah. <sighs> Just this is one of those weird things. Did you, did you notice that nobody in this movie, that like there was just no sane, rational communication anywhere? It's like, okay, the judge points out that like, we're a court, we're not in the business of doing the right thing because it's right. Right. But even beyond that, like, the, the thing opens, <clears throat> essentially, with Veronica calling Weatherby, a person who presumably she has had no relationship with for 15 years, to ask him whether another random student is coming to a class reunion. And finding out... Well, I mean, yeah. Clearly, Veronica... Sorry. 
I was say, clearly Veronica's a spoiled brat in that she was like, I'll just have my dad chart a Concord yeah. to this small town with no airport. Right. She just assumed she could call anyone and do anything she wants. Which, I mean, more or less does happen in the movie. The <laughs> other... Also, if you... No, I was going to say, the other thing that I thought this movie did fairly well that we haven't been able to see a lot on Riverdale, the show, is Reggie had a big role. It's kind of weird that on, you know, on Riverdale, Reggie's... I mean, I understand actor availability and all that, but reading the comic books, Reggie is a major character and a bully, and he always messes things up. And he was very much that in this movie, and I did appreciate that at least. Yeah, I think part of that is the fact that you needed a an antagonist in this movie, and Reggie is kind of ready yep. for that. Whereas in Riverdale, there isn't one ongoing antagonist week to week, except for you know whoever. Alice Cooper. Yeah, but you know the worst that's, that's antagonist to this movie though is whoever decided their remake of Sugar Sugar was a good idea. Honey, honey, you are my candy girl, and you got me sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey, you are my candy girl, and you got me rocking you. Break it down with me. When I kissed you, girl, never knew how sweet a kiss could be. Then you laid your ever-loving stuff on me. Break it down for me, fella. I'm gonna make your life so sweet. Rocking, moving, shaking, and stuff. I'm gonna rock the world complete. Rocking, moving, grooving, say what? Pour a little sugar on it. Ah, sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my yeah. candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, won't you please? Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And, and you, you got, got me. me. And you got me. And you got me. That is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It was worse than X-Men Apocalypse. That's how bad it was. It's and it's kind so of great bad. because uh, I was, you know, we were all watching this today. And uh, I had, like, gotten up to get a cup of coffee and paused the movie. And I came back, I hit play. And then just as the scene where the Sugar Sugar rap was happening came on, I got a, t- a message from one of you guys on Facebook that said, God, this movie's awful. And it's just like, well, you, you have no idea how well-timed that is. It, well, I mean, listen. Well, before, oh, jeez. Before we can even talk about the, that sugar-sugar thing, we have, to, we have to talk about the, uh, the, the co-artist on it, which is Shitty Jughead Jr., who's an awful child who needs to be sent to military school. That's true. I can't yeah. explain how much disdain I had for how terrible this kid was he was pouring wait did he was it maple syrup that he poured in Archie's bed I thought it was jello yeah no it was jelly because he said something about how uh, he he got back at the kids by after he stepped in it he put it back in the jar that's what it was okay he was but like from the jump from the second he met Archie or knew he existed also, Jughead's like, that's your Uncle Archie. This kid clearly had no idea who Archie was. Yeah. So clearly, uh, like, I don't believe that Jughead and Archie kept in touch at all. That's one of the things that actually bugged me in his... 
And this happens often in these kind of reunion sort of movies because of plot necessity. But when you have a serialized story like the Archie comics or like, you know, I have a really hard time. Like, yes, I know that most of us don't spend any time with most of our friends from high school, but I have a really hard time with the idea that we're just going to take for granted that Archie and Jughead have an Well, it's because Archie stood up Jughead so he could go bang Miss Grundy at the lake. And <laughs> not and they haven't spoken said. in 15 years because Archie stood him up. We yeah, we don't know that he's not doing it with this Miss Grundy. I'm going to go ahead well, and call it assured. I'm going to assure you that it's not. Yeah. Um, was I the only one, by the way, who... Uh, okay, so I guess barrel-chested Archie, like jock Archie, makes sense because right. he's a football player. But it really just feels Kinda, weird yeah. to me. Like even, like, even K.J. Appa, like, that dude has muscles, but he's, like, Spider-Man muscles. He's, like, he's live, yeah. and he's kind of slender. Like, this dude was, like, he looked like somebody who used to be a, a, a weightlifter five, ten years ago, and... Like, never lost that muscle mass. He looks like what you'd expect Moose to look like at 33. Yeah, exactly. And again, like, none of this is, no. like, body shaming this dude because, like... But but for Archie, it just seems like a very weird build. Like, it's not how I picture him. And when I say that, I mean it's just not how he's ever been drawn or depicted, including in, like, the flash. Yeah, like, movies. Life with Archie, which... For a while there was a really good comic book. Which came after this. You know, yeah. especially when, like, Norm Brayfogel was drawing uh, it. Good stuff. <laughs> and part of it, too, I think, was the fact that, like, Archie is the main character in this. He's very much the center of everything. And every other character, like, you can talk about performances, you can talk about what they were given to work with, whatever. But, like, every other character more or less looks the way that you would expect them to look from the classy art. Except for Ethel. And so the fact that, like, that's true, yeah. but that's a yeah. like that's a joke. And um, but so like the fact that Archie is the only person who doesn't look or, or who looks so kind of out of place as Archie, and Archie is the main character, it just struck me as weird. And again, like nothing against the actor, he did fine with the well, garbage they gave him to do. Speaking of the garbage <laughs> they gave them to do, we you know we were talking about Jughead Junior. Um, I think his name was Jordan. Um, is there was there were a lot of attempts at humor in this movie that just fell flat. Like I don't think I laughed even once. Yeah, like, I can't think of it. Like those antics yeah, no. weren't really funny, you know, it's like when Betty or Veronica were throwing themselves at Archie, it just was awkward. Like when he's trying to keep them from seeing each other, it's just really awkward and it's not good. Well, it's also in, it's also in, now listen, I understand that 1990 was a different time as far as entertainment goes and what we'd been exposed to, but that whole scene is also so incredibly cliche yeah. that if it's going to work, it has to be done super creatively and super well, and this didn't really do either of those things. It was just kind of like, oh, we've seen this movie in, like, sex comedies before, yeah. And we're just gonna we're just gonna try to do it our, ourselves, and yeah, they did I mean, it in the most boring way imaginable. The thing that I've been doing, like at night, I have a hard time because I work so late at night. I have a hard time turning my brain off, and so I like I'll put on 
I'll put it in the earbud and I'll listen to like an old TV show or something just to let my brain rev down when I first go to bed. And I've been watching nice. Cheers. Mm. And like one of the things you see when you're watching a really crappy like sex comedy from 1990 after having watched a whole lot of Cheers lately is you're just like, okay, they knew better than this by 1990. Yeah, they did. And they so, sure like, did. That's just one of the things that, that like, really run... Because so often when you look back at stuff like this, you can kind of write it off as, like, well, it was 1990. But it's like, no, I'm here to tell you right now. Like, oh, yeah. it holds up. Like, for the most part, a lot of the humor in that show... Like, some of it wouldn't fly, and even some of the stuff that seemed really clever when I was a kid, it's just like, oh, yeah, like the, the Boys in the Bar episode where everybody's scared about being in the room <laughs> with a gay guy. Like, that wouldn't fly at all, even though the moral of the story was like, screw you guys, that's nonsense. Um, like, the jokes themselves wouldn't fly on TV now. But, like, I'd say 85% of Cheers would probably yeah. still work. And so when you compare that to this... And you're like, yeah, this came out, I think, right in the middle of Cheers. Towards the end. It was after Rebecca was on. At this point, they'd already seen a lot better. Yeah. That's true. Um, Oh, sorry. But, like, by this point, you know, television was not this crappy on a week-to-week basis. I think another thing that I noticed watching this is it kind of attests to what a good job they've done of building the Archie Comics universe since this movie was made. Like, having a character like Kevin Keller, or, like, like at this time, Cheryl wasn't really a part of the comics, but, like, characters like Kevin and Cheryl, and, you know, bringing Josie and the Pussycats into the new show, I think just gives the, like, the current incarnation of Riverdale so much more personality and class. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the reasons that I would kind of like to see, as much as we've talked about kind of how difficult it would be to bring Sabrina into Riverdale and kind of keep all the parts of that with the integrity that you want them to have, like both let her be Sabrina and also let Riverdale be Riverdale. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why I want to see them at least roll the dice I've, and try it. Yeah. Because one of the great things about Riverdale so far is that there's no corner of the Archie like world that's off limits. Cosmo the Merry Martian. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that he's not there doesn't huh? Yeah, I um I don't know if I said this on the air yet, so if I did already, I apologize for repeating myself. But I would love to see a version of To Riverdale and Back Again with Cole Sprouse narrating. I don't remember either no. if you said that before okay. or after we hit record, but uh, I would I be down remember. for it. Yeah. Never. Oh, okay. So that must have been before Hainer came out. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I said in response was we need to like go on uh, Kickstarter and raise like a million dollars so that we can do it like Funny or Die style. And just, <laughs> I would just like... If you think that would cost a million dollars, you're yeah, out of your kind mind. of. But it would be amazing just to hear just Cole Sprouse... And then this weird balding guy who calls himself Jughead says, you know, huh. yeah, it just was weird. I... <laughs> um, anybody else notice, by the way, um, and I know that, you know, these are both things that exist in the, in the Archie universe, but uh, as a nice kind of way of differentiating the kind of other here versus in Riverdale, they used Midvale instead of Southside. Huh. I thought Midvale was just oh. another town, like kind of like know. where Sabrina lives. 
Well, it's not it's not exactly the same. Like it's not they didn't make yeah. it to be Southside. But I just mean cuz there are other towns in the Archie universe. Midvale's one of them, Southside's one of them, and then I think there are others, but those are the two most frequently referenced in the comics. And it's just kind of like, yeah, like we referenced the one of we reference, you know, Southside reasonably often in Riverdale and seemingly more often as the season goes on cuz like episode 8 looks yeah. like it's super serpent heavy. Um but uh uh, Midvale, uh, I think there's been a passing reference to Midvale once. I think uh, that's where um, Alice Cooper is from or something like that. I, fe- I feel like I remember Machen saying the word. But uh, the fact that that's where Betty teaches in this version and it was like a, a locale that they referenced on multiple occasions, it just, in my head, I was just like, oh, they used Midvale instead I, of Southside. I, I also noticed yeah. that, Oh, sorry. Oh, I actually... Oh. Well, as I say, before we go, before we go much further, because I, I don't know if we mentioned this at the front of the episode, you you can actually watch to Riverdale and oh. back again if you so choose. Yes, it is. It is someone, some crazy monster has uploaded the entire thing to YouTube for free, so you could just go look at it. And That's true. Also, if you understand really how. If you, for some reason, really, really needed to, you could go buy a VHS on Amazon because it was it did get an official commercial release back in the days of VHS. You could have rented this at. So they Miami called it Store. Archie Return to Riverdale. Uh, I think that it was Return to Riverdale when it was on TV, and then it's to Riverdale and back again. Was the home I think it's the other way around because be the comic book adaptation is called To Riverdale and Back Again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that makes more sense. Um. I will say, by the way, as far as your observation about the comic book adaptation, um, how they, they, you know, they adapted the comic before everything was shot, and so things don't look how they should, and some lines are different and stuff like that. Like, that's a super common thing for comic book adaptations. Um, you can see it, like, in Jerry Ordway and Denny, Denny O'Neill's Batman adaptation from 1989. Um, you definitely see it in, uh, in the Riverdale, like, prequel comic, the one-shot. Because uh, if you if you look at uh, I mean there's like ten things that I could have pointed out if I wanted to but the one that stuck out at me because it's just such an easy joke is that Miss Grundy has a new Volkswagen Bug instead of a classic VW Bug in the comic and so like I took a screen gra- screen grab of my Comicsology edition and just posted it to the Archie huh. Digest Facebook page with a caption like. This is what happens when your when your writer gives you the instruction draw a VW bug and doesn't tell you. Yeah, it kind of. Yeah. Well, it's also like I can speak to uh, I can speak to the uh, comic book adaptation of the very first Ninja Turtles movie, which also has quite a few differences from the finished product. A lot of times, and this also goes to book adaptations of movies or novelizations mm-hmm. of movies. A lot of times, they're working off of a different version of the script than they produced. Or they're working off of a cut of the movie well, like that isn't Marvel the Star Wars. Part, so you just there are things in the final yeah. exactly where you see exactly. Jabba the Hutt. I was you know Marvel Star Wars. Marvel Star Wars was the version that or was the example I wanted to use that my my mind was blanking on. So I reached out and grabbed that that, that Batman thing. But yeah, that's a but yeah, like in this. Oh, um, and for non comic book people, it doesn't make any sense. But for non comic book people. The original Star Wars comics from uh, the 70s were a thing that essentially came out right around the time of the movie, and uh, the the visuals of a lot of characters and a lot of concepts were totally, totally different than you eventually saw in the movie. 
And um, that was a good example of like how Lucas, you know, early on recognized that if he had a comic book adaptation, it would help it to look like there was a, you know, kind of a Batmania, Beatlemania thing going on where people just couldn't get enough of it. And so that comic, I think, was commissioned before. The yeah, actually, movie. I think it's the latest issue of Alter Ego magazine, which is by the comic book creator Roy Thomas, has a whole feature on the genesis of the Star Wars comics, if you are curious. But um, what I was going to say about the Two Riverdale and Back Again comic is at the end of this, Jughead and Ethel do end up together, and she's in the group picture at the end, which, of course, is different than the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it was implied. I mean, certainly for the sake of the movie, because it's not a movie that's all that deep in its thinking. So I imagine that, you know, if you were to ask the question, hey, wait, did this guy get what he wanted? The answer is yes. Because all of the male characters got what <laughs> And all the female characters is like, wait, what about me? Yeah, pretty much. Um, one thing, by the way, uh, and, and this is more like contemporary social conditioning than anything else, but certainly it's something that stuck out at me. Throughout the movie, I was watching both the way that he handled stuff on his business side and the like egomaniacal kind of approach that he took to things and thinking like okay so Hiram Lodge is just and they make a reference to that and then there was yeah there's a line in the movie where Archie refers to Hiram Lodge as Donald Trump and I'm just like well they said it out loud for us I guess I don't have to pussyfoot yeah that was that was fairly timely you know to be watching now like I'm sure somebody like thinks what Donald Trump was a thing in 1990 yes he was you know I think most people probably at this point are aware that Donald Trump has been a thing basically since he was a fetus because he's got money and a bottle. Since Home Alone 2. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that that amused me when uh, Archie made that line. I think it was Archie who made the line. It was, because it was when he went to Veronica's house. Uh, But yeah, uh, those are are all the notes that I have on this... uh, bizarre yeah. abomination um i mean sir let's just talk for a minute because one of the things that we do relatively regularly is is to praise the cast of uh of, of riverdale what were there anybody in this that really stuck out at you as having a great performance i mean i can't think I thought of reggie was now. okay um jughead jr no i think reggie was okay for playing a jerk <laughs> and um i liked mr weatherby I'll give them that. Yeah. I, I, Mr. Weatherby was another one of those weird things where I'm just like, wait, so they don't have any agency in the fact that their band is just playing the 15-year reunion? What if they Well, Archie clearly play? forgot how to sing. Like, when I was in high school... Yeah, well, I mean, when I was in high school, I played bass. And, let's see, that was 18 years ago. I couldn't, like, if you asked me to, like, play a concert, I, I probably would need, like, a week's preparation to be able to play one song in a way that I would be comfortable doing it. Yeah, this was also interesting for me as far as cast goes, because um, I recently did a watch of the original Dallas series, and Karen Coppins, who played Veronica, mm-hmm. had a recurring role on Dallas for, like, a season or two. So, of course, I was kind of seeing that when I watched, and I didn't think she was bad, but I think both her and Lauren Holly were just kind of there. Like, they were inoffensive, but they weren't spectacular either. 
Yeah, and part of that, I think, is just the fact that they were given absolutely nothing to do except for to be... Right, it's it's kind of like Bob and Pam had nothing to do but to be obnoxious and buzzkills that you knew were going to end up together by the end of the movie anyway. Yeah, yeah. although, again, I, 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 I wasn't sure about Pam because in my head I was thinking that she might end up with... Uh, with Reggie because she was so kind of like yeah. almost Veronica. Yeah, at least in the comic book adaptation, they give her gave right. her a different hair tone than Betty or Veronica. She was somewhere in the middle. There but uh, yeah, so we got to talk about this since we didn't have New Riverdale. It's kind of killing me. I hope the CW sends us some more screeners soon. I know. I was you really guys, hoping this thing was it really, really was. <laughs> it really was. Like, even by 1990 yeah. standards, it was really, well, really bad. Oh, that's one of the things that I really wanted to kind of, like, make sure to emphasize is, like, yeah, you can, like, you can see this, but a good example, one of my favorite movies is this thing called Zero Effect with Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller. And it's a kind of a weirdly charming movie that I, I really enjoyed. They made a TV <laughs> pilot based on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being told for years that it was just an abomination against God and man, and that uh, uh, Jake Kasdan, who had written and directed the movie, had essentially had the pilot buried so deep no one would ever find it. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, it popped up on YouTube. And after watching it, I was like, eh, like it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but it's really not offensive. Like, to Riverdale and back again is pretty offensive. Like, it's just awful. Have you ever seen the Clerks live-action pilot? I have not. I've been looking for it for years. Yeah, I think it's on YouTube. I'll have to look again. These are the things that I forget about for long periods of time, and then somebody asks me about them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I really... And again, like, I'm aware that it's terrible from everything I've heard, but uh, because of my fascination with, with... the Kevin Smith movies, I, I want to kind of see it and just be like, okay, well, that's a thing that, that I saw. Jim Brewer is funny in it. Oh, there we go. And yes, uh, right now, Nothing like uh, right now I, I, I just brought it up and then marked it as a favorite so that I can find it later. There is indeed a version of the Clerks TV pilot that was uploaded well, about a year ago. You know, oh, uh, nice. another thing, you know, going back to this horrible movie is, like, their take on Sugar Sugar was so awful that I'm pretty sure after we get off this podcast, I'm going to watch the Josie and, Puss- Josie and the Pussycats version just to wash this out of my head. Because... That's fair. But, but you, won't have a, you won't have a 12-year-old boy I'm rapping. okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? I don't need 12-year-old boys rapping. I mean, all right. That, I no, I, I think I'm okay with that. I would much rather see Josie and... The Pussycats and Cheryl hopping in, and th- this movie really needed Cheryl Blossom to just tell everybody how much they suck. See that? I'll is do the it. Thing, probably even more than the Cole Sprouse movie. Oh. We'll, we'll just we'll just loop Madeline into the show. Just be like, oh, Betty, Veronica, I see you're still pathetic. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's it. Th- th- it's that funny. Be better. Yeah. One of the things that I I thought. And, and part of this was probably just a function of the time, but part of this is the fact that everybody was terrible. Like, I remember thinking, 
if you aired this, like, you know, like, or say if this was up <laughs> on CWC, just because, why not? So many people, like, think about the Veronica shippers, who would be like, what the hell are we watching? Why does this exist? Um, not just because, like, the, the two women have no chemistry whatsoever and basically have no conversation whatsoever, but just the fact that uh, you literally have these moments of, like, oh, yeah, he's going to, you know, Betty's there, and she's showering, and he's going to shove Veronica in a door, and, like, the sex comedy convention is that as soon as he leaves the room, the two are going to find each other. And you're just like, yeah, but there, there would be literally nobody out there thinking that, like, them finding each other in that situation would be sexy. Like, it's just, it's a movie that tries so hard to be sexy and fails so hard that sexy is nowhere to be found. Well, it's like someone had sexy defined to them by their mom. <laughs> and then they were like, all right, I'm making a sexy movie. <laughs> and it's just the most bland, boring version of quote-unquote sexy. It's like those romance know. novels that this Betty is going to write. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picture the romance novels that yeah, this Betty's going to write yeah. to be like the, the one that Kristen Bell narrated oh, in Zombie. Kristen Bell can narrate this. I wanted to write Christmas Shades of Grey. I think, he, I think she's busy with it. This should be lost to the yeah. end of time forever. <laughs> yeah, I th- earlier when I said, listen, listeners, earlier when I said you should go to YouTube to find this, I was wrong. Don't watch it. It, will it feel was strong. definitely a time suck. You don't deserve that. Yeah, I think I am the only one who... Yeah, uh, yeah you guys had seen it too, though, right? Because you guys had seen it at some point and knew that it sucked. I, yeah. as I said, I'd only seen the, the Sugar Sugar rap, so I went into this being like, okay, let's power through this, because I knew it was going to be terrible, but having not seen it before, um, I was more willing to kind of just buckle in and, like, blow through Yeah, it. I saw it a very, very long time ago, and I'd forgotten how bad it was. One thing I will say, this version of Riverdale, with, like, all the adults having their own drama... Really just, it, like, it drives home to me that that's a thing that seems to have resonated through and carried over to Riverdale. Because obviously, like, we've talked about how, you know, Fred and FP were basically but Archie and Jack. there's so much more dynamic. I mean, and, and, like, Alice Cooper's batshit oh, yeah, crazy. Totally. And, you know, you got Hermione being sexy and, you know, Dylan McKay going around being Dylan McKay. And then you've got... You know, FP, who everybody seems to love. So, they all have personalities. These four, I mean, they're about as existent as Jughead's hair. Just no. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this is a pretty short uh, episode for us. This could be fun. Um, in the world of this show. Which Sheriff Keller's not on this Jason show, Blossom. so nobody killed Jason Blossom. <laughs> well, I killed Jason Blossom, and then I murdered the entire town. <laughs> with a bomb wrapped in a present that Jughead Jr. thinks is cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Clearly the murderer is Hiram Lodge's, like, his, his, his weird Bond henchman who decided to wrap a bomb like a present and be like, this is how I'll stop Archie from seeing Veronica. That By was actually killer. Town. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. It wasn't. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, if I had to pick somebody to, to kill Jason Blossom out of this, I'm going to say Big Ethel. Because I think that uh, 
secretly, she's a, she's like a Bond girl. Like the reason that she's all all sexy and sexed up, and she's still just like, sure, Jughead, you're a loser who never gave me the time of day, but come on to the hot tub, is because she was gonna like wrap a chain around his neck and end him right then and there. But then she was won over by Jughead. Jr. Maybe Jughead Jr. is exactly. the mastermind who killed Jason Blossom. Oh, there you go. It's like Scrappy Doo in in whichever <laughs> oh, of the dear. live action Scooby Doo movies that was. Yeah, Jughead Jr. was the scrappy of this movie. Yeah, the weird thing is that because Jughead Jr. was, like, on the cover of a comic and that he was, like, introduced so early on, I kind of expected other people well, in did. the show to have kids so that then it wouldn't be... Yeah, Moose's be... kid, Max, I did think he? his name was. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Moose and Midge had a kid. And, of course, Midge has not been seen on Riverdale yet. No. Yeah. Although, I feel like, was it Ethel or was it Midge that Cole was talking about? Ethel. Um, our first set visit. I thought it was. I thought it was. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, that makes sense. It would have been. There, well, and Midge is referenced in the Riverdale one shot comic because Archie says, "Oh, Midge's parents are out of town, so yeah. I'll see you later, Jughead." Because yeah, one yeah. of the many douchey things that he does in, yeah. in the one shot. So the next episode of Riverdale is called The Outsiders. I'm looking forward to talking about it with everybody. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, that one appears to be. Uh, it, it seems as though that co- that phone conversation between Hermione and Veronica yeah. and Hiram does not go well, because apparently the serpents are uh, are out to get yeah. Andrew's construction. Which is weird, since one of them works at Andrew's construction. That's true. That's true. But you know, in any event, I'm glad we were able to talk about this. Does anybody have anything else to say, or should we say our goodbyes? Or let's go around and give our uh, our information. Chris, why don't you kick us off? Uh, you can find me online at ScreenerTV.com. That's where I write a bunch of stupid things about comic book shows and how much I really hate Barry Allen on the Flash because he's an asshole. Also, uh, at Chris Hayner on Twitter and Instagram, C H R I S H A Y N E R. And also at Waterworld Photos on Instagram because if you don't like it, I'll probably. Now die. I'm Craig Byrne. Uh, you can find me at KSITE TV, K S I T E TV. Uh, I also have the Riverdale TV Twitter at sign Riverdale TV. Uh, tweet at me. Um, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, by the way, and leave reviews. Nice reviews. If you don't like the show, I yeah, mean, I know To Riverdale and Back Again was terrible, but don't like decide that we're terrible because we hated it, because <laughs> that would just be mean. Yeah, I'd like to point out, when you do rate and review this show, rate it as a whole, and not necessarily on this specific episode about one Yeah, like, things. write about how smart <laughs> we are for figuring out that Keller was the killer, like, five weeks ago. You know. Write about how Craig is awful for <laughs> continually saying that. And I'm Russ Burlingame. You can get me at Russ Burlingame, R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E. That's long, and I'm not going to repeat it, so if you didn't get that, it's at ECV underscore podcast for the Emerald City Video Podcast, which I do with a bunch of people I used to work at a video store with. You can also find my writing at comicbook.com, where I write about Riverdale and all the other CW shows. And yeah, Hainer and I were tweeting earlier today about the fact that there needs to be a... We finally have figured out the formula for the CWDC crossover, which is it needs to be some kind of competition about whether Archie or Barry Allen is just the worst. Oh, they're both Also, terrible. we could have... To, no, I'm, I'm not going to see... Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, and thank you guys. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. We are a podcast 
about a story about a town. And in this Although case, this week we're a podcast about a terribly told story about in a horrible a TV show. movie. That's exactly the case. Yeah. We've got to go. Oh, sure. It was great seeing you guys. Hey, you're not alone. You've got us. We'll visit. Yeah, this place is cool. He liked the explosion. All employees. Whoever has killed the most people will be allowed to live. We are not going to entertain killing people. This isn't the time for timidity. That was hardcore, bro. The Boko Experiment rated R in theaters March 17th. Hi, everybody. Archie Digest co-host Russ Burlingame here. You might be wondering why there was a trailer for The Belco Experiment attached to this episode of Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. That's simple. I wrote a tie-in comic for The Belco Experiment, which you can see now at comicbook.com. You can find the comic directly at tinyurl.com slash belcocomic. It is free. It is uh, an eight-page digital short, so it's not much of a commitment of your time. But I figured because a lot of the folks who listen to our show also follow me on Twitter and, and see some of the other stuff that I do, this was a good thing for me to announce to our audience. The reason that I'm mentioning it now instead of having it come up during the show is because, frankly, it debuted earlier today. And when we recorded the show two days ago, I had no idea that it was going to be up yet, or that you would be able to get it at the URL I just gave you, which is tinyurl.com slash belcocomic. The movie itself is directed by Greg McLean and written by James Gunn. His screenplay heavily influences my comic because, out of necessity, it's a pretty spoilery comic. It takes place during the movie. You don't want to read my comic until you've seen the movie if you're going to watch it. But as a result, there's lots of chunks of kind of dialogue that are pulled straight out of the film. I hope that you enjoy it, and I wanted to at least make sure to mention it to people so that if they were interested, they had a chance to go check it out.